Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Hey there, folks. Uh, this is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media. I'm with uh, Justin Thomas, our sports editor for uh, Denton County, our whole collection of papers out in, De- out in Denton County. And we're here to discuss a little game of the week for uh, Week 12 slash the uh, by-district round of the playoffs for the high school football season. Um, first off, big thanks to everybody who voted in the poll this week. Obviously, since it's now the uh, the playoffs, we got uh, the matchups are just going to get juicier by the week. Um, for this week, though, it was a, kind of a two-horse race between between Alan Hebron and Lake Dallas, Frisco Reedy. Um, ultimately, the Eagles and the Hawks get the nod. Alan Hebron is your game of the week. 7.30 p.m. Friday at an Eagle Stadium in Allen in a, uh, a bi-district game that I think um, is probably the is kind of the marquee first-round matchup, at least in the Dallas area. Justin, you will be on hand out in Allen covering that game. I remember um, back when that matchup was first made official, we got back to the office, and you were very quick to call dibs on, that, <laughs> on cover that one on Friday. Obviously, a game that you know that you had a uh, had a keen eye on. Just um, talk a bit about. Um, you'll be there Friday night. What about this matchup jumped out so much to you? Well, for starters, I just wanted to mention that you said some juicier matchups coming down the pike down the way. But in terms of first rounders, it doesn't get much better than this, Absolutely. in my opinion. I've kind of been championing this Hebron bandwagon for the uh, since before the season started. I thought they had a chance to be a really good team. You know. Eight wins is the most they've had in the regular season in a while. Mm-hmm. Two losses, Trinity and Plano in a game, you know, they could have kicked an extra point to tie it. First yeah. game of the year. Yeah, they're not reason, far away from being a 9 For some one. reason, they have problems with Plano. They were uh, right right in it with Trinity. So, yeah, close to 9-1, very easily could be perfect 10-0, mm-hmm. you know. So, just what jumped out to me is just the playmakers all over the field on both sides of the ball for both these teams. I mean... I'm not as familiar with Allen as you are, yeah. but I know what Hebron has, and it sounds like you know there's the case can be made that there might be 15 Division One players on the <laughs> on the field on Friday. So that obviously caught my attention and never shine down from going out to old Eagle Stadium either. That's right. It's, it really is such an overqualified first round matchup yeah. when you think, I mean, yeah, just the, like I was looking at the uh, at the playoff bracket and one spot above Allen Hebron is uh, Arlington Martin versus Keller. Arlington Martin 9-1 and one, opening up against a Keller team that finished 500. Yeah. Like, compared to I mean, you have two teams that, I mean, obviously Allen undefeated number one ranked team in the state. I mean, what a crap draw for poor Hebron, you know, yeah. after the fresh off, he said you mentioned eight wins is the most, you know, their highest regular season win total on I think like a decade or something yeah. like that but then by that same accord I mean Allen has to play a team that you know I mean those two I mean they yeah, two sure. could be nine and one those two losses I think by a combined what four points yeah I mean it's yeah this is such a uh, such a salty first round draw on both sides I'm just anxious to see um, you know having seen Allen all you know all throughout the season I just want to this is an Allen team that has not really encountered a whole lot of adversity on the yeah. scoreboard at least I mean they've had injuries and stuff they've had to battle through but as far as you know just being put in circumstances that could ultimately like could gravely impact a win or a loss yeah. I mean I, I crunched the numbers this morning they've only trailed in two games this season against Capel and then against Denton Geyer and other of the uh, of I guess the the 480 minutes that they've played to this point, they've only trailed for three minutes and 20 seconds. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty impressive. So they've and those deficits all came in the first half. So they've yeah. only they've only been tied in the second half one time, and that was against Evangel Christian in week two. So this is yeah. not a team. I mean, they've especially in district play. I mean, they've made short work of just about everybody. They haven't really to this point been punched in the mouth, so to speak. I mean, Capel yeah. gave them a good game. That was a good back and forth game. Allen pulled away late, but they haven't you know haven't had to face like a fourth quarter deficit or yeah. you know given up you know a run of like fourteen unanswered points to an opponent just circumstances that you know you have to like to put a little bit of pressure on you yeah. and I think um, you know one of the reasons why this game on Friday is so intriguing is because Hebron has you know has some pieces that Allen yeah. hasn't necessarily seen yet they haven't I mean District 66A is not exactly uh, lauded for its uh, high octane passing offenses yeah. and I mean Hebron has a quarterback in Clayton Toon two receivers out wide and Trajan Bridges and Jaron Mitchell that I mean Allen just hasn't seen a, a combination of skill position guys yeah. like that yet. So I would say that you mentioned one of the teams that was able to hang with Allen a little bit was Capel in mm-hmm. district and I feel like Hebron and Capel, especially offensively, are very, very similar. You mentioned Tune, you know Capel has Brady McBride, pretty yeah. similar caliber there. Capel has a couple Division One caliber wideouts and Jackson and Lemons and Jonathan McGill getting a lot more run there. He's another Division One player, very mm-hmm. similar to you know, Mitchell, who's BYU commit, Bridges, Oklahoma commit, and DeAndre Warren's really stepped up this year. And they have Coppell transfer David Leonti at wide receiver, too. So I know I know Carroll going into the Hebron game noted that they'd never seen a collection of receivers like Hebron has. And uh, there's not too many teams in the area that can stack up to what Hebron has outside, along with a quarterback, that, you know, capable of getting them the ball. Yeah. But the, the other thing to keep note of is... Jaden Taylor has some pop out of the backfield. He, he does. He can, he can break a long play at any time. So that's something that maybe even Capel, while they have quality running backs, they might not have the, the quote-unquote game-breaker that mm-hmm. Taylor can be for Hebron. And that's just another dimension that the Hawks have offensively. You know, teams have tried to stack the box and or shut down the passing game yeah. and make Hebron beat them on the run. And a couple of games they've done that, you know, the Flower Mound game and the Marcus game in particular. Mm-hmm. So... I remember um, I saw, I've only seen Hebron one time, and that was in Week One against Plano. And I do remember on his—I believe it might have been his first or second carry—but Jaden Taylor had a big 44-yard yeah. gain right down the side. Now that was ultimately, you know, all the—I mean, that was the extent of essentially what he did against Plano. But yeah, I mean, I was checking. I mean, he's averaging like over six and a half yards per carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty—that's pretty solid, no matter which way you look at it. Um, I'm just—and uh, obviously, you know, while obviously a lot of this praise, you know, should be heaped on Hebron's offense and how Allen's—he yeah, hasn't seen anything like that, you know, to this point. It also works the other way around because yeah. Allen has. I mean, Allen yeah, has. They, got, they still have to stop Allen. <laughs> yeah. So they could score forty points, and that might not even be close to be enough. So you know. Yeah, I mean, Allen has one of its. I mean, if you're just talking just sheer like talent, position by position, I mean, that's it's been. I mean, Allen has. I mean, obviously, Allen was loaded with talent during the Kyler Murray years and whatnot, and there's no stranger to you know bolstering Division One, uh, you know, playmakers and studs. But I mean, you just you look whether it's you know Grant Tisdale, the quarterback. He's a Division One prospect. Brock Sturgis, the running back, is committed to Arizona State. He's averaging you know, seven, eight yards per <laughs> JT in Arizona. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, um, yeah, Brock Sturgis, uh, he's averaging around seven, eight yards per carry. The two wideouts, I mean, said Trajan Bridges, Jared Mitchell are great in their own right, but Allen has two explosive wideouts in there as well with Theo Weiss, who's the top ranked receiver in the in the nation for yeah. the class of 2019, just a do-it-all, a do-it-all all-purpose receiver. And then Carson Schlecker, their deep threat, who Who's averaged um, more than 25 yards per catch, yeah. and they've got. I mean, and they, uh, you know, have other complimentary guys that have really stood out. You know, when called upon, Andrew McGee was able to fill.
fill in over the uh, you know the back half of the season in place of the injured Selden Manning, um, Khalil Overton, a big play threat that's you know got some nice uh, some nice minutes when the uh, when Allen would put in its uh, its backups. Yeah. So I mean they've got plenty of uh, of playmakers all over the field as well. Plus the offensive line is loaded as always. Yeah. Trey Stratford, the left tackle, committed to UCLA. Uh, the, you know they've got guys on the right side like EJ and Domo Ogar, Sir, uh, Sir Tadrian Brooks. Just a lot of I mean it's it's your usual mammoth offensive line for Allen. Yeah. So while obviously yes, I mean Hebron has the ability to put Allen in situations that it hasn't been put in all season. It's I feel like it's safe to say that you know Hebron ha- will not have seen an offense no, like this to this point. Not close. So, It'll be interesting to see how Allen tries to attack Hebron. If you mentioned all the standout skill players Allen mm-hmm. has at Hebron, if I had to say probably the strength of their defense would be the secondary. Yeah. You know, Verone McKinley, the who you're familiar with the yeah. Presswood transfer Absolutely. Oregon commit. So it'll be interesting to see who they try to put him on. But you know the Joseph or Demario Montez, Joseph Angeloni are multi year starters in the secondary mm-hmm. for Hebron. And then sophomore Darius Snow is playing his first season playing football. He's the son of NBA player Eric Snow and he was the newcomer of the year in the district on the basketball court last year but he's been a revelation at safety for the Hawks this season he's actually Hebron's leading tackler okay but at times Hebron's shown the ability to get gashed on the ground see Trinity and seems like Allen could present a similar power running Mm. Hebron might have trouble slowing down if that's if that's how Hebron wants to try to attack or Allen wants to try to attack them and that's I mean if you're just going to look at just kind of run past balance I mean Allen is a team that likes to establish Brockster just right out of the gates and then use that as a means to set up Tisdale in the uh, in the passing game I mean it's not like obviously granted Allen's starters haven't played a full four quarters since I believe that Capel game yeah back in week three so that was back in September so it's been a it's been a hot minute but I mean most of the time you know you won't see Tisdale attempt more than you know, maybe yeah. ten to fifteen passes. So they, I mean, they, it's not a high volume passing offense by any means. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. But the big, the big playability is there when yeah. you look at Hebron. You know, you could look at it one way and say, you know, they were able to completely shut down Justin Dinka and Marcus's running game. Mm-hmm. But conversely, Trinity was able to run the ball pretty effectively, and neither of them have any type of passing game similar to what Allen can bring to the table. So yeah. So um, I guess what if you were to, if you were to map out some sort of roadmap to a to an upset for Hebron on Friday, what would you what needs to go right in Hebron's way? I can't turn the ball over, obviously. Um, they'll probably need a big special teams play, which you know they got a seventy yard punt return for a touchdown against Trinity, or excuse me, against uh, Southlake from Trajan Bridges mm-hmm. uh, last week. So you know they're capable of producing big plays in the special teams. They'll probably have to produce a big play there and. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to play a clean game. Penalties have been an issue mm-hmm. for Kieran in the Southlake game and the Trinity game. That can't happen against Allen. They have to be disciplined. They can't turn the ball over. They can't do the stupid things. You know, you can't. Those little mistakes against Allen will kill you. Yeah, everything has to go right. It takes. It really does take like an absolutely flawless game of execution wise against Allen. Um, if I'm going to do the same thing and map out Allen's roadmap, I mean, I think that. They've got, I mean, first and foremost, we've talked a lot about those receivers. You guess you have to eliminate the big plays from the receivers or at least, like, substantial yards after the catch. I mean, if there's one thing, you know, looking at a... It's going to be interesting to see on Friday because, you know, while Allen won their last two games of the regular season comfortably against Plano East and Wiley, those are 
two of you know two of the better passing offenses in District Six Six A, and they were able to have some you know some sporadic moments you know where yeah. they picked up a big game here or there. I know Wiley. I mean Wiley scored fourteen points in the first half against Allen last week, which doesn't sound like much, but when you factor in that Allen's only allowing thirteen point seven points per game this season, that's I mean that's a that was a huge win for Wiley's offense. Granted, they were down thirty five fourteen, but I mean still like that's I mean you're looking that's the kind of stuff that you need to look at just when you're kind of forecasting how they might fare against a team like you know like a Hebron and it wasn't like you know just like these catastrophic breakdowns or anything yeah. it was just more just I mean great catches great catches by the receivers just quarterback dropping it right in the pocket for him so I mean the, the coverage can be there but I mean obviously yeah. Hebron has like I mean I saw Bridges you know in week one against Plano and he was I think he might have had three touchdowns in that game and they were uh, were just literally just put it up there and just him making some acrobatic play to yeah. get it I mean he's no matter how good the coverage is sometimes just talent wins out in those sequences yeah. Um, so yeah I think I mean you have to at least do what you can to limit those uh, limit the big plays by the receivers. Uh, you know Clayton Tune. I mean he's as, uh, as as solid a quarterback as there is in the Dallas area, and I think they've um, you got to keep him in the pocket, yeah. so to speak. Just try to keep because he is a guy that can. You know he is averaging you know I think almost five yards a carry on the ground. He is capable yeah. of making some plays with his feet and extending plays. And as we just as I just mentioned with the uh, you know with the receivers and the defensive backs, if I mean if Tune is able to get out of the pocket and mm-hmm. just extend plays no matter how good your coverage is eventually those receivers are going to get open yeah. so I think it's paramount that Allen keeps tune you know just locked in the pocket and obviously as is the case for every Allen game you've got to dominate up front yeah. you've got to win in the uh, win in the trenches and just increase the likelihood that those game those runs that you know, might start off being you know three, four yards a clip, turn into yeah. like seven, eight yards as you get as you get deeper into the game. So, and that's kind of as we uh, as we now segue into um kind of our picks for this game. It's kind of that blueprint that I uh, I kind of foresee Allen you know being able to follow on Friday night. I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to you know I don't want to use something from Week One as like this you know the soldier because since I mean Hebron's a much different team than they were mm-hmm. in Week One, but it does for whatever reason I just can't kick the image of Plano just running the ball down their throat early yeah. on and just really. Really wearing them down in the trenches as they mounted a uh, a big comeback in the second half to get that win, and um, you know I mean they've, they've seen stuff like that though with Trinity yeah. and more. I mean teams that are more prone to running the ball, but I I do wonder though with I mean just with what Allen's offensive line has shown if I mean. It, you know, just what this game is going to look like once it gets into the fourth quarter, and if Allen has a, uh, you know, I mean, if Allen's up by, you know, seven, ten mm-hmm. points, if that, I mean, just they, they're so good at just putting games away. Yeah, that's going to be another big thing for Hebron is when, even if they're not able to pop a big play, just move the chains a little. Yeah. Don't let Allen get that momentum. I mean, I'm, I haven't seen Allen play this year, but so many times following on Twitter, you know, it's. 14-7, 7-3, 10-3, and then you look up and half a quarter's gone, and all of a sudden they're up by 21, and the game's over. Like, At least move the chains. Don't let the offense keep getting on. Don't let them wear down your defense and just put one of those big runs that they're capable of. Yeah, that's one thing that, I mean, when you talk about Alec Allen, Allen hasn't trailed much or given up a whole lot defensively in the first half of these games and all the season, but when they have, I mean, their their ability to immediately respond, it just yeah. it completely zaps the momentum. And, I mean, when you factor in they're going to be playing in front of the home crowd, I mean, it's you know, it's something that, uh, I mean, it can it, it can just weigh on an opponent mentally yeah. if you just, if you get, you know, too caught 
caught up in in just what Allen can do when Allen's firing on all cylinders. But um, I do think this is, you know, I do think this can be a competitive game, though. And I think Hebron, Hebron can do things that, you know, are going to put Allen in situations that they haven't been, you know, put in up to this point. I think this can be a competitive game for, you know, Two and a half, three quarters. Yeah. So, but I think like kind of like the Capel game where Allen gets a late touchdown and pulls away late, wins in the neighborhood of you know ten, thirteen points or so. What where are you leaning? Uh, well, if you check the picket line, you'll see I picked Hebron, but I'm also a notorious homer. And, uh, <laughs> I like I like pulling for the teams I cover, and mm-hmm. sometimes I just. Sometimes teams are just due for a loss. Sometimes crazy things happen, and I figured, hey, why not pick Hebron? But Mm -hmm. I certainly won't be running to the betting window to make any bets if that were available on this. But um, I do like Hebron to move the ball. I do think they'll be able to put Mm -hmm. points. I do think this is going to be an entertaining game, a quality game. It definitely could turn out, as you're saying, where Allen kind of pulls away late. But I kind of think Hebron's going to stay close, and... I don't know. I kind of just feel maybe they'll be able to make a couple plays late that could pull off the shocking upset. Of, mm, probably going to be proven completely wrong. <laughs> man, we'll if, see. If, if Allen went one and done this year, yeah. If yeah, if you need if you need two statistics that uh, that jump out, obviously, um, you know, folks who know the Heber and Allen rivalry, they haven't seen each other a ton over the years, but Heber does have the distinct the distinction yeah. of handing Allen its last home loss all the way back in 2010, back when the uh, you know they were playing at the old Eagle Stadium at yeah. the Freshman Center. Uh, they beat them 35 to 28, and then um, this is the 10 year anniversary of Allen's last uh, first round playoff loss. Ten years ago, 2007, they were undefeated, 10 and 0, came in against a 5 and 5 roulette team, and were uh, were shocked. In the uh, in the first round, I score. Let's see, thirty-seven, thirty-two was the final there. So, um, I mean, I don't know if I don't think Allen was. I wasn't at the paper back then. I don't. I don't think. I wouldn't guess Allen was number one in the state at the time, yeah. and you know, didn't have the uh, the aura around them that they do now. But um, yeah. I mean, obviously, yes, it would be a it would send shock waves throughout the uh, yeah. throughout the rest of the state if the number one team goes ahead. Goes one and done. So um, yeah, hey, Justin will be out. Um, we'll be out there at Eagle Stadium on Friday. Um, you know, doing some reporting on Allen versus Hebron, our game of the week for Week Twelve of the high school football season. Justin, for the folks who uh, you know can't make it out um, and want to follow you on social media, where can they uh, where can they hit you up on Twitter? You can find me Twitter at J Thomas T H O M A S S C N at J Thomas S C N. So then, um, yeah, and then obviously once the story is done, the first spot that you can check that out will be at starlocalsports.com. I will be out in Bedford covering Plano Trinity. You can follow me along at mwelchslm. As far as uh, this one goes, uh, hey, Justin, I appreciate you helping me tag team this as we break down some Allen Hebron. Should be a fun game on Friday. Uh, hey, folks, that is all we had. Um, Hey, we will touch. Too bad support. somebody's going home in this game. <laughs> I know. It's, I didn't see either of these teams shame. going out in the first round when the season started, but that's how these brackets shape out. We can blame Euless Trinity for this. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Stupid Trinity. Um, hey, folks, that is all we had. We appreciate you all giving this a listen, and we will talk to you all next week. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. 
HRLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.